Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Really, James Bond is coming back to the big screen in cinemas in the UK. And we're hoping to go to every one of the 25 films. Join us as we celebrate the 60th anniversary of our favourite British agents by watching them all in order. We hope you guys are watching them too, so please let us know your thoughts. You can find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And our podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify, as well as video episodes on YouTube. Simply search for Really 007 Pod. Daniel Craig returned for his difficult second album in Quantum of Solace. Part two. Where this? There's a hospital on the other side of town. Please, stay with me. Stay here, please. Please. Come in. It's okay. That's better. That doesn't hurt. Is Mathis your cover name? Yes. Not a very good one, is it? <laughs> Do we forgive each other? I shouldn't have left you alone. First of all, she gave everything for you. Forgive her. Forgive yourself. Is that how you treat your friends? He wouldn't care.
Let's go. So the three musketeers are back. Porthos, Dogtanion, and <laughs> Blue Stratos. Is that what they were? I forget. Yeah, go on, mate. I think that was uh, Oliver Reed, wasn't it? Um, for Quantum of Solace in Derby at the Odeon, we've literally just come out. Bob, your opinion, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've always got a problem right at the beginning with no gun barrel. It just, <laughs> it was, just I was wondering it. how long it would be before it goes to well, gun it's barrel. The, it's the first thing that hits you. I yep. do like the beginning, huh? but it would have looked so good. Gun barrel coming across, opening up, and you were shooting across the river, right. across the lake. Again, looking at it on the big screen, the editing is absolutely unbearable to watch. You, 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 mm. you, because we've watched the fi- we now have watched the film so many times, you do know what's going on. I can remember the very first time uh, I saw this and it took me two or three probably even more times to watch it to to re- realize how how the Aston Martin's door comes off. <laughs> the, the, it, it's so quick, it's so fast. I, I was it's... just I was just saying to Kieran there. I mean I, I haven't seen this uh, well, I haven't seen it on the big screen since it came out, but I ha- I haven't watched it, watched it for quite some time, and I know what happens. Mm. I've seen it a number of times, uh, but on the big screen, those type of action sequences, mm. which I've never, I'm always a, obviously I'm a big fan of the action, but those type of action scenes were really disorientating, yeah. and I'd never noticed it. I before. think it intensifies it with it being a big yeah. screen. Maybe so. I mean, even even the the the, the last section at the the hotel with the fire yeah. and. and and Bond fighting Idiot. Green, Idiot. and yes. and then Camille fighting Madrano. It, it, it's just too quick. It's you, you hardly can tell what's going on. Yeah, which I think is why it speeds by and, and all yeah, of a sudden it's yeah. done in ninety minutes. Exactly. But I, I, I mean, I've, I've always been a big fan of that pre-title. We'll call it. Yes, I think it's very good. Yes, it is. And as as you said earlier, Kieran, is it set an hour afterwards or is it a couple of hours afterwards? Mm. It's not clear. He's definitely in different clothes. Yes. And he's got a different gun in his hand that he ends up shooting. Echoing Bob's comments, uh, the gun barrel is always one of my biggest gripes. The fact is, Casino, we had it slightly later, a few minutes in. It makes sense because he's not yet a double O. He is Bond at the end of Casino, so why not open it traditionally with the gun barrel shooting across the lake? As far as I'm concerned, that would have been perfect. Going on that, I think it virtually takes the piss of all Bond fans by putting it at the end. Well, It serves no purpose to put it at the end. Not at all. I mean, as you can probably gather from my tone, I'll be honest, with Quantum, as much as I want to like it, and it had so much potential and some of the scenes if they were shot better or mm. even edited better yeah. I think it would be a fantastic film it's a fantastic action film to yeah. begin with but as a Bond film it doesn't quite cut it and I'll be honest lacklustre yeah this is why it ranks wow. at the bottom of my Craig pile sorry guys it really but it just no, quantum, to, quantum, quantum doesn't necessarily cut it for me I do want to like it I think the more I watch it potentially there are things that I like about the film but in general I don't think it quite cuts being a Bond film. As as me and you were talking about it uh, just shortly ago, mm. Kieran, we, we think the wrong person's the, the, the baddie. Yeah. Yeah. We think it should be Madrano. Yes. Madrano had got more against like Camille. Mm. Uh, uh, well, Camille had got a lot more against Madrano than anybody else in the whole film. Yeah. And it, if they could have expanded mm. on the hatred that Camille had got for him, yeah. uh, because he'd, he'd obviously killed a father they would raped a mother. He'd probably raped his older sister. They could have made. They could have added more to that. that and made was, it that a was lot. Definitely the story there, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, and, and 
certainly, as we said earlier, I think Madrano is a better actor. The guy yeah. who plays him is a better actor. I mean, I'm not trying Matthew, to... what's his face? He's not the greatest I mean, casting. Of I mean, I'm not trying to bastardise this film. I mean, it's not a bad film. I don't think there is any bad Bond film. But for me, it is certainly the weakest Craig entry. Yeah. And there are so many aspects that I think could have been done better. Um, the editing, like I said to yourself, Bob and John, for me, it, I said disorientating, but for me, it's jarring. I mean, you just cannot keep track of what's no, going no, on. No, can't. And just, just the character development is not there. The fact no. is, we have no idea who Elvis is. We have no idea who really... Madrano is, as opposed to a degree. I mean, we get an insight. You get into a bit his of it, yeah. But there could have been a hell of a lot more with that backstory, as True. Bob says, about the family and him, you know, effectively pillaging, you know, Camille's life. And Fields as well. I mean, there's no backstory to it. Oh, she's sent to bring him back. But there's nothing more to it. And, no, um, I mean, she, she appears and she's going to take him back. Yeah. The, the split second that yeah. he gets her in the room, she changes. She, she's got this sly look on her face when he wants to know where the, the, the stationery is. Yeah, where's the stationery, love? Will you help me come and look? Oh, your clothes have fallen off, you know. The, the film this is where we've been going wrong all these years, lads. <laughs> I, th- I think, ultimately, the best way to describe this film is just rushed. And, obviously, we, um, know, we know the history yeah. of the production, yeah. the troubles that it faced. As it was being filmed, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. But I just wish they'd potentially taken another year or so to get it and right. polished it all. Absolutely. And but then you get all of that, mm. right? So, OK, so they, they, they rush the production, yeah. the actual filming, but then they go, right, we've got to make this look as classy as they possibly mm. can. And they overdo it. You yeah. know, I, when we find out that this character is going to be in Bolivia and Bond's in the office after that really clever mm, little yeah. I, and I, I like the desk yes, the, de- yeah. the visual desk thing following the money yeah, following follow the money, money yeah. right? and all that sort of stuff so we find out that your man's in Bolivia super then a bloody sign pops up and says Bolivia or you know or Port-au-Prince <laughs> yeah. right? all that sort of stuff you go we know where we're going they've just told us mm, you know yeah, I don't yeah. Sienna was probably yeah. the only one I needed yeah. yeah and the rest I could have coped with but and, they keep doing that and in different yeah. fonts what are they trying to do to yeah. me and 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 also going on fonts and everything it just shows how good a title designer Daniel Kleinman oh, is because yeah. you certainly do miss him on this one. Interesting. It's, I, it's I, nowhere near as good. I like oh, it. Don't get me wrong. It's quite nice, but it's not. It's not Daniel Kleinman. It's, it it's, hasn't. Doesn't look very classy. No, at all. no. It's, I'm going to be a little bit controversial here. Just wouldn't be like it. The, the, the fact is. The more I watch the ending titles to Quantum, the more I feel it's the best aspect of the film. I love these. The, t- the titles films. being the best aspect of the film. I absolutely. Okay. Was it MK? MK yeah, MK2, MK2, I think. MK2, MK12. MK12, MK2. The fact is, I just, honestly. <laughs> Mike Kilo, you, you you've pulled out the stops, and uh, Mike I, I, Kilo, honestly, whoever 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 he is, whoever he is, or she, it's his twin, um, it's his twin. <laughs> but no, honestly, I thought the titles were superb. I, I think they're fantastic, and the song, yes, the, the song, the song, John, we are. I mean, I can see it from both sides, chaps. But for me, the song, I really do enjoy it. I think it's got a great riff. I think it's got a good beat, but ultimately, again, if I'd have had my choice, I would have picked Shirley Bassey and David Arnold. I'd like to have seen Shirley Bassey doing that. <laughs> now, another way well, to die. For, for saying that we've all heard, we've all heard the single version. Hmm. 
the cinema version isn't anywhere near as bad. You haven't yes. got Alicia Keys yeah. <laughs> in it. Having a baby. Yes. Um, it, it, it is a lot better on the cinema version. Yeah, I, and, and, and I think probably, for, uh, I mean, I'm a drummer, so I, I, that whole thing about having drums and guitars is massively important to me, which is why, you know, this one I love... You know my name, my love. Mm. I mean, that, they, they, they. You know my name is the, is the massive standard, very yeah. clearly. But yeah. I mean, this following, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm prepared to go with that big guitar if lots of bass and drums on it, mm. nice horns, the Memphis horns throwing that in, and then you can understand why, uh, you know, writings on the wall, not the thing for me, <laughs> and certainly no time to die, not the thing for me, and yet Skyfall, which we're yet to come to, mm. but that's really good as well. So, well, I, was but I did enjoy that. I was going to say, with with uh, we're, we're not going to see uh, Spectre together. So while we're talking about that, us three and others on this podcast have seen Cue the Music, and oh. his rendition yep. of the writings on the wall is. Yeah. Ten times better than even Sam Smith's. Yeah, no, I mean it's absolutely yeah. extraordinary. Well, yeah, <laughs> well does, worth, well worth no. uh, uh, a watch if you're if you've got tickets for that final gig. You're going to be in for a bit of a treat, absolutely. I would imagine. Um, so yeah, very impressed with that. But no, I mean, I think I think with this title song, I get why it divides opinions. Absolutely, but in the context of this film, I, th- I, I do think it works, and I think it's a belter of a song. It's a banger of a song. It's a banger. Um, and it works well with the opening credits, and mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with Bob. I think the film version, the cinematic version, is far better, yeah, actually. It it's, it's slicker. They, they always adjust it, don't they? They, they? they Either they yeah. come in on the yeah. second yeah. verse, yeah. or yeah. you know they cut a few bits out, so which they've done. But, um, but it's not a bad... The thing is, this is not a bad film. It has elements that I am very much not keen on, but it also has some very good elements. Yeah. And uh, I can't, obviously, I can't not mention those. I mean, I love, like you say, the visual table. I love some of the musical cues, and just just some of the other elements. The way Craig looks, I think I think he's absolutely on point as Bond. I don't think he's. I, I think his hair's too he, long. That's. I think. Are you going to say that? I think his hair looks like he's thinning. Yeah, his hair doesn't he look right like at all. looks like he's thinning out. But I mean, no, he doesn't because yeah. he changes for the final for the, for the, he's the, got the other sort three of, films. He's got this sort of Roman thing yeah. going on where it's all brushed forward. Yeah. See, I, I like. I think his hair in this one's the best personally. <laughs> oh <dear. laughs> so, You're going to have to get out of this. Car. In a minute, you know, they don't. But no, no, the thing is, it's not all bad, but for me, no. it is the weakest Craig film. And it's just <laughs> You are the weakest Craig film, goodbye. <laughs> I mean, but it's not a bad film overall, and I certainly would never n- not watch it again. Can I also say that Felix Leiter's buddy Bean mm. is horrible. Yes, he is. Terrible character, uh, has no yeah, real... I don't know why they did no that. Right. That could have been served a purpose by, by it being somebody inside Green's organisation, yes. possibly, yeah. feeding the information to him. Yeah, I mean, even even that, that is such a strange scene in, in the aeroplane. In the plane, yeah. With the, with the coffee and the... I mean, I know he's, he's trying to catch Lighter out with Bond's photograph, but it was just how it's all done, and this with Elvis with his, say, his coffee. And, and, and when uh, when Green does come out after changing and his trousers are uh, well, at half-mast, halfway... <laughs> you go, not quite... And yet when you see him in the, in the opera, he looks all right. You know, a bit of change of purpose there. Yeah, but, now... Uh, and up to possibly one of the best scenes of the lot, the opera scene. Yeah, the opera yeah. It is a, a fantastic little piece of spying yes. that uh, that yes. Bond does at the back of the screen and catching everybody. And he, 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 
he, he's, he knows they're there, but he's got to speak so that they all react, so he can take the photographs. Yeah, yeah. It's it's brilliant. It's that I mean, is fantastic. It, even though you know he's using a, an early stage camera phone, yeah. let's say, and yeah. he's going, "Where are you going?" and taking photographs, which are crystal clear. And apparently, people don't like that particular scene if they're opera fans, all right, uh, because that particular opera. The sequences that we see are not in sequence. Oh, okay. And therefore, yeah. it annoys people. Uh, uh, I'm not an opera fan. I couldn't care no. less. But uh, I think that works terribly visually. It's very, it's stunning. It is yes. with the it's, eye. It's a wonderful. The, the eye is a brilliant. The set design itself is magnificent, yeah. and, and the music. Again, I think we really have to say something about David Arnold's yes. music. Yes. Yeah. I think this is my favourite. David Arnold score for Daniel Craig. Ooh. I will go that far. No. For me, it's Casino. Every, <laughs> time. every time. No, no, yeah, I'm casino. sorry, you're wrong. I, I, casino, <laughs> casino's better. No, no, I right. like Casino's better. Yeah. And I think, still think the favourite's Tomorrow Never Dies. It's a, it's a toss-up between Casino and Tomorrow. But I think the, the opera scene is testament to the film. It, for me, it's the best part, purely because of the musical score and the way it's shot. I think that is the only scene which works, especially when the chase ensues at the end yeah. and they're having the fight within the kitchen. That works fast-paced because not knowing quite what's going on yeah. adds to that scene, I feel... So the editing is perfect there, but it's just a shame about the rest of it. Yes, it but is. there are good moments, and that scene for me is my favourite. Do we think that when Judy Dench stayed with the franchise after Die Another Day, that she just started getting more and more stuff to do? I mean, because it's yeah. progressively she's on location every time. Yeah, casino. Yeah. She's in the Bahamas. Here, she's wherever the hell she's supposed to be here. Yeah. You know, and then in Skyfall, she's everywhere. I mean, you know, she is the main target mm-hmm. in the story in the movie there. So do you, do you think that was intentional because they've they've realised that, you know, they've they've uh, they've buggered up the timeline and we want to keep Judy because she's, yeah, possibly she's so. bankable? I don't, I, I don't think they think, as we possibly know, they don't think long term. No. They, they, they just think a, a film at a time. Yeah. I don't think they thought anything of keeping her that they never thought anything of keeping her as M yes. when there's a new actor as Bond, right. which we're all discussing for the, the new film. Are they going to change the lot? Which we certainly think they will. I think they should. Well, I think um, they if, it's, no if it's choice. going to be a new a new Bond, and obviously after he's died. Well, I mean, there's all this talk in the media now saying to you guys before the film started, obviously... Leia Sadu's talking about coming back, but, That's what? but she can't. She can't because <laughs> can't of the, because back. if she plays Madeline with a new Bond, that means it's canon. Yes, her character from one Bond to the next. And this it, is it's not going to work. And, they and, don't and, think and, before no, speaking. How 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 Bond's been left? The Bond that anyway, she was with for two e- movies. Even even if he hadn't died, yeah, he's got he he can't go anywhere nearer. No, because he's done, that's the whole purpose. Yeah. So what, what can she possibly but do? It just if, doesn't make any sense. Even if they'd lived happily ever after, the fact that she could come back with a new Bond, it wouldn't make any sense anyway. No. no. So, uh, whether it's just media poppycock or whether it's natural, sincere sentiment from her, it neither makes I sense think it's, and it's, it's ridiculous. It's a combination of both. It's media poppycock and it's her not thinking before speaking. So, Frankly, I think just just it's lunacy. Anyway, I thought the aeroplane scene was quite good yes. as well. Yes, I've apart, always apart enjoyed that. From, apart from the, it, the, there's obviously sections of it that are CGI. It's well, not, there's a, there's it's a fair not, amount of it. It's not CGI. all real, but it is a good scene. It is it's, good. I say it's a good, good music cue with it. And, um, and the skydiving scene Sequence was yeah. filmed in uh, Milton Keynes. 
Yes. Or Bedford, one or the other. And I honestly cannot see the, the speed that they're going, that parachute would not have stopped them. Well, Probably well, not. Well, I can categorically <laughs> say he would have broken his back and many other bones yeah. have been his yes. body yeah. at that speed, but um, <laughs> it's Bond. It Bond was... doesn't die! No! <laughs> Bond never dies! That's all Bond, horribly Bond, wrong. Bond has it? no time to die. He's got no yeah. time to die. And I've got no time for Bond than dies. There we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That should be the, te- the, the my new autobiography coming out soon. I've no time for Bond that dies. You can tell, viewers, we're not in any way disgruntled by the ending of the previous instalment, are we? You can also no. tell that my colleague in the back seat has had a shandy this evening because he just said viewers. <laughs> viewers he's not, well, not, he's not used to the concept of podcasting radio land. Um, I realised, but I didn't want to draw attention, but then... <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> However, uh, but all in all, I mean, it's, it's good fun. I mean, I must admit, it's, it's, it flies by. I mean, again, you know, 90 minutes, we're done. Yeah. You know? And, I, think they uh, wa- I think they wasted... Giancarlo, do you know what? Yeah, uh, that that's a wasted character there Absolutely. as well. Just because so. he is him. brilliant, he and, is. and the fact is, I'll be honest. I think character-wise, he's the best in that film. Yes, yeah, he is. Because I mean, we all we all know his backstory. It was established in the previous film, and I just think again the way he plays it. You know, he's he's a, he's a broken man, a little bit like Bond. He's yeah. pissed off with wait, Bond, wait, and wasted. then they suddenly yeah. make up, don't yeah. they? They're they could friends have, again. They could have been a lot more like we were saying at the beginning. He could have been much more of an ally, helping him through the film. Wasted. Absolutely. I'd like to see a spin-off with his girl. Uh, is it that movie where she has to go around varying villas up and down the Amalfi Coast, uh, drinking wine and getting a back rubbed, ask, ask, asking these people to put their hands on? Because her I tell skin. you what, I would see that film. I would see that movie definitely. Forget, forget the Jinx spin-off. We want we 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 want Mathis's quite Ma- right Mathis's too. She mistress. was fabulous. So yes. We need more of that. Yeah, cheap um, wine or expensive? Wine? It doesn't matter. Cheap wine, expensive wine. They bought him that villa, you know, so he's quite happy. Uh, but um, yeah, good stuff that, and it's just uh, and uh, also from a budget point of view, that mm. costs bucket loads more than than uh, casino. Mm-hmm. I mean, massive amounts more, and you don't really see. I don't think you see the quality on you the screen. You, you know. see lots of no, action, no. and they throw the kitchen sink at the action yep. sequences. But yep. where's the money gone? I mean, apart from yeah. you know, there was a script, there was a, a writer strike, and there was this and that. They were writing. Yeah, it was, they were the, going. The, the Aston Martin that ended up in the river <laughs> as well. That they lost in the yeah. river, and then found it again and there was lots of injuries and the whole thing was plagued with trouble and problems I mean it was you know very very difficult Mark Forster I don't think was the right choice for no, that definitely and um, also before we finish the other brilliant piece is the is the chase um, chase across the roofs yes yeah. the whole lot the yeah. whole lot ending up with the fantastic <laughs> them swinging about the scaffolding yeah. fight yeah. Yeah. That, that is absolutely super. that is superb that is, and that is good and done for real I can, av- yeah. I can vouch that that's yeah. done for, yeah some wires there but just spectacular mm, was, and, and yeah. also I was always very interested about that horse race that always fascinated mm. me and I, I then saw a documentary um, on YouTube I think it was about that and that's generational it's, it's families yeah. these are not professional riders yeah. these are families racing against other families to obtain like a hierarchy within that that area and they went to some of these um, these these families homes in this documentary and you see and a lot of these pe- a lot of these guys are 
are the ones that were used in the film, in yeah, point of fact. Yeah. But you do see uh, all pictures all over the walls from generations gone by, where it's every year. Mm. You know, they keep doing it, they keep doing it. And the crowds that they have in the film, but they are they get those crowds. You know, they get those huge crowds and the horses, and there's some mm. terrible injuries going on with the jockeys and stuff. That's but a, that's a very interesting uh, yeah. piece yeah. of it that they've captured another, and done another, it real. Another tiny bit about that that always gets me is obviously... Uh, uh, Mitchell. Mitchell. Mitch, Mitchell and Bond mm. obviously come up through that trap door, yeah. leave it open. How many people have fallen <laughs> down? <laughs> to say now being a crowd. Have I, you seen you Mother? Oh, she's down the hole. <laughs> down there. What are you doing down there, love? I'm trying to get bloody up. Who left this top out? <laughs> yeah, you can see it happening, can't you? Because yeah. he comes up the hole as yeah. if to say to the fella, uh, 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 watch out yeah. for that. You, you yeah, expect yeah. him to say something, but never did. But it's just a shame the whole horse racing aspect, again, is, is not... It was lost it's, in it's, that sequence originally. It's not wider explored. No, quick. it's not. Again, the fight is superb. I agree with yeah. you, chaps, but the it's editing, I think, spoils it. Yeah. And, very um, quick. Apart from the end, the bit where they're all dangling around on the wires, the glass, that works being it shot does. frenetically. The, the, the camera following yeah. them down. It works. The, yeah, the, I like all of that. The rest of the scene, I was comparing it to, obviously, the chase in Casino with Malacca. Uh-huh. The fact is, that is beautiful. Yeah. That is yeah. beautiful to watch. Yeah. Whereas this, it was just jarring. Yeah. And can I also say before we go, mm. as far as gun barrels go, yeah. I know it's at the end, but that is my favourite gun barrel of Daniel Craig's. Yeah. Do you know what I, I noticed, John? What? You know, what we were saying about the actual barrel itself with Skyfall. Oh yes, is, is not very good. No. Oh, the one at the the one at the end. The one at the end of oh, Skyfall. Terrible. Yeah. The actual barrel, though, not Craig, but the barrel. Right. Very similar in this, I noticed. Yeah. But mm. Craig looks superb in that. I if think they, if they'd have done the better barrel, a oh, Brosnan yeah. barrel with Craig looking like that at the beginning, ten out of ten. I think it's because of the speed of his delivery. He comes yeah. across there like a startled cat. Yes. Yeah. Right. And he hits that mark, bang, and fires. And of course, he's no tuxedo. Right. Mm. So he's not doing mm. any of that. And he comes across and fires. Now, I, uh, if it didn't go to the queue for the quantum. I, I, I think that's my favourite. I, I like the look of that a lot. And the others are just a bit uh, a bit poor. Like the yeah. film in general, potential, but sadly not explored to its full capacity. No. So there we go. That we go. is uh, Quantum of Solace, as reviewed here by Freeman Hardy and Willis. Not familiar with that? No? OK. You get to a stage in life where you start telling gags and nobody knows what you're talking about. <laughs> you think, <laughs> I think I'm too old about. for this. Oh, you and me do, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're into shoe shops, there we are. That used to be a big thing back in the, uh, back in the day. <laughs> oh, I used to go to Freeman Audi and Willis for shoes. Now it's Bacon's or whatever. Is that if that's still open? So uh, until next time. Now next time is going to be tricky because Bob's leaving the country. Yes, because he's on witness protection. Yes, I've already done my Skyfall review that I will. Oh, have you? Oh, yes. Oh, 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 get you planning, <laughs> and you're going to see Skyfall, but not with me, because you're. Yeah. Where are you seeing it? Uh, View Sheffield, probably. Uh, Sheffield, maybe Leicester. Yeah. Um, sadly, it doesn't uh, work out necessarily. The dates don't well. tie in, do yes, they? they so they don't no. tie with my work. I am going to be seeing it on my Jack Jones. Well, I'm not going to see it. I've had to rope in my son, whose birthday is the day before he becomes twenty, which makes me very old indeed. So we're going to see it together. And um, have you warned him he's got to review it? I have warned him. I've <laughs> said there's a, there's there's an important review to do at the end of it, and he's practicing on all of his big words. So you. You know, have hopefully. To, have to give him <laughs> half an hour with Kieran. Give him half an hour with you. <laughs> so, until next so, time... So what, uh, are you oh. not seeing Spectre, then? I could see it. I'm just, well, all right, but if I see Spectre, I'm not seeing the other well, one. We'll get you one film nearer. All right. Will you be back for that, then? Yes. 
You're you're doing that, are you? I am, but again, it's, it it yeah, depends. I don't think he can. Oh, yeah. oh, we'll, we'll have another. We'll it. have a go. All right. So uh, potentially, this is the potentially this, this, this could, could be the, the penultimate. Yeah. Well, this could, this could be the end of an era for yeah. yeah. Trio could be the end of an era. Unless the show never say never again. Oh, that'd it. be brilliant! I'd love that. And see, and sixty seven uh, casino uh, just for oh, a laugh. Well, yeah. You know what? For for and giggles, that would be very well received. Right, so I'll I'll attempt signing off again, lads. Will I? Right, yeah, okay. okay. Uh, until well, next, have, have we done two hours yet? Uh, uh, no, not quite. We're working on it. Try and fill it out. So until we'll let somebody else have a go now, shall we? Yeah, okay. Right, whoever's next, away you go. Hello, this is Gary Kay. Was planning to go and see Quantum of Solace at the cinema this week, but unfortunately couldn't um, make any of the screenings. So ended up having to go to. Plan B instead and watching uh, the 4K disc of Quantum of Solace, which I hadn't actually watched until this screening. And I was very pleasantly surprised by the quality of the picture and the sound on the 4K disc. Definitely worth getting if you haven't already got it. So to the film, the pre-title sequence, got to be honest with you, the action sequence at the beginning of the of it, I think... The edits, like quite a few of the action sequences in Quantum of Solace, the edits are just way, way too short, which for me meant that I just wasn't able to engage with what was going on or really um, enjoy those moments of the film, which are usually some of the best parts of a James Bond film, but very disappointing in Quantum of Solace. After that, we've got um, the interrogation of Mr. White, which I did enjoy very much. It felt like that part of the script was polished and it's been well documented that there were many issues with the writer's strike, meaning that they went into production with Quantum Solace with an unfinished script. And unfortunately, it does show on the screen. Uh, There are moments in the film that seem like everything's working very well looks like the actors are fully engaged with what's going on and then there are many moments throughout where unfortunately it's just a mess one of the mainstays of the james bond films is the title sequence which morris binder and daniel Kleiman have made into such an incredible art form and unfortunately on quantum of solace Daniel Kleiman wasn't available for the film and so they brought in MK12 uh, to do the titles. For me, the end result is very basic compared to the imagination that Daniel Kleiman and Morris Binder injected into the series and I'm really pleased that they needed the one Bond film. And accompanying those titles, we've got... Jack White and Alicia Keys performing the main theme song for the film. Both very talented people in their own right and um, excellent performers. However, for me, it's the very worst of the James Bond theme songs. Such a shame after Chris Cornell's superb song for the previous film. Another aspect of Quantum Solace which I found very disappointing compared to Casino Royale, they seem to take another step backwards again in using some CGI during the plane sequence towards the end of the film and I noticed that a lot of the shots were quite close up, they were either close or medium shots, very few long shots where previously we'd have had BJ Worth's aerial team working 
on the film and to me it's to the film's detriment so again lots of very quick edits that you just can't engage with i just thought the whole sequence was just meaningless within the context of the film one of the things that is done well in the film i thought was much of the cinematography there's some beautifully framed sequences one of the few action sequences in quantum solace that i really did enjoy was the rooftop chase in Siena in Italy. That really did look stunning. Such a striking location and some excellent set pieces during that section of the film. Another plus for Quantum of Solace is the locations chosen for, for the film, including that Siena location I mentioned. I also thought that the opera sequence worked pretty well in the film. And another success in the film is the sequence at the end with Vesper's boyfriend. That's nicely played by Daniel Craig. And there's a lovely moment afterwards, after the confrontation with the boyfriend, where Daniel Craig's bond is met by Judi Dench's M. And there's some very nice interplay between the two characters, which works very, very well. Again, it seems that that section of the film, there was probably a very polished final script available because it just felt like that part of the film, again, worked very well. Another thing that um, is also a positive about Quantum Solace is David Arnold's score, which is very, very good. There are some moments during the score, particularly during the latter part of the film, in which there's a use of guitar that reminds me very much of Ennio Morricone's scores for the Spaghetti Western films. It's got that sort of vibe about it. Although I take back what I said last week about the score for Quantum Solace probably being the best score that David Arnold's done for the James Bond film so far. On reflection, I think that the Casino Royale score is actually a better score overall. You've got that Chris Cornell song that um, is used um, as an instrumental throughout Casino Royale, which works so well. And I also think that the World Is Not Enough score is probably better. Having said that, the score for Quantum of Solace is very solid. It's a very, very respectable James Bond score. Overall, I think the film is uneven. And I think that's the reason why on some screenings of it, I enjoy it more than on other screenings of it. And this time, unfortunately, perhaps it's because I just wanted to watch a James Bond film that was going to lift my mood because of everything that's going on at the moment post the Queen's death and all of the um, news items that are continuously being reported about it. Just wanted to be cheered up and unfortunately Quantum Solace didn't engage me at all and it certainly didn't have the fun elements in it that uh, I would have probably enjoyed more at this moment. Looking forward to seeing Skyfall next week. It may not have waterfall laughs throughout like the Roger Moore era of the James Bond series however it's got a very engaging script it's very well played it's got a superb cast and a very strong story so um, very much looking forward to seeing that again hopefully on the big screen although I've got a ticket booked for the IMAX screening at the BFI at the beginning of October 
I'm still tempted to go and see it again at a local cinema this coming week. Thanks for listening and thank you to the Really 007 podcast crew for putting out these very entertaining and informative podcasts. Hope you're all keeping well and have a fantastic week, everybody. If you're enjoying the Really 007 podcast, why not follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter? Effective immediately. We're not a country club, 007. Well, Chris Eels is back. Hello, it's good to be good to be back again. Thank you. Chris has been watching well the Daniel Craigs. I don't know whether he intends to watch them all uh, back again on this run. We are back now for Quantum of Solace, and it's one that we haven't really discussed much as a podcast. It works better getting another viewpoint on this and just chatting it through. Therapy of Quantum of Solace. <laughs> It's taken years to sort of get to this place where I can talk about it without getting angry, I think. So that's my initial statement. So, Chris, so what, did you see it when it came out of the cinema, presumably? Yep. So along with everything since GoldenEye I've seen at the cinema, it was actually with the same group of people that I saw Casino Royale that I went to see Quantum of Solace. When it was over, I think we had a group just, <laughs> what was that? What 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 yeah, was that? Yeah. From the from the highs of Casino Royale to I'm not going to say lows because it's not a low. It's bafflement. What just happened? And we're <laughs> we're still trying to figure that out all these years later. I totally agree. And even from just looking on Twitter today, we'll get onto the Mathis the Mathis death scene, mm. which is a big talking point, but. Even from that today, I, I've seen so many interpretations of a simple scene being discussed and, no, it means this, this is why he does that, that's why Mathis says that, that's why Bond says this. It brings me back, I've, <laughs> I've mentioned my English teacher, Dr. Holland, many times, but it brings me back to him and how you can get multiple meanings from the same scene, from the same book, and often the author didn't intend them. So there you go. That's uh, that's where we are. But yes. did I say before, art is a art is a jumping point for our own interpretation, yeah, our yeah. Own imagination. It's it's the same with this. It's yeah. I've seen. I, have, I think I've also seen those those uh, comments on Twitter about. Oh, you did. Oh yeah, yeah. About the. I've not been on for a few hours, so I'm sure it's escalated. Oh, you, people are rioting in the streets as we speak uh, <laughs> over this. It's uh, you know, is he a human shield or is he not? I dared to. I dared to to say that. Well, we could. We'll get onto it now. Just just that scene. Oh, okay. Because... Right, yeah. Well, we'll dive right in then. Yep. Well, while we go, yeah, while we're talking about it, because it is probably the most one of the most contentious scenes in Bond history. I think, even if you're not. Even if, sorry, even if you're a massive fan of the film or a massive fan of the Daniel Craig run, this did still used to be a sticking point. But interestingly, now what I'm seeing is people who like Daniel Craig don't seem to rate Quantum as much, but they defend this scene. So we've got all sorts of opinions. My take on it has changed quite a lot. I still don't like it as the aspirational Bond that I grew up with, but I can, I can accept that in this scene in this film, in this context, with this interpretation of Bond, it just about works. My main criticism, as you might have seen on Twitter, is that even if all that's true, I cannot buy that Mathis's dying words would be to sort of get Bond at peace with a woman he met briefly, and Mathis has hardly known Bond either. 
and so that that is a contrivance too far but it makes cinematic sense is that fair i think it's fair because of the last thing you just said it makes cinematic sense right yeah yeah <clears throat> so because he hardly knows bond because their relationship is so limited and it is centered around vesper his last words knowing what bond has gone through and is still experiencing is to forgive her to find peace in yourself knowing that in his dying moments he's not going to say words of hate he needs to be at one with this person that he's with and to do that he needs to convey that sort of emotion to say forgive her in the face of death what is there but love i, I love the message i, I I'm, there's nothing better than forgiveness as a christian there's nothing better yeah but certainly it, it, with the uh, i mean just to get really deep for a moment Oh, <laughs> I'm reminded of the messages on 9-11 of the airplanes as they were circling and the passengers still had access to their mobile phones and they were phoning people and they were all messages of love in these moments where they didn't know between life and death they wanted to reach out and convey messages of love maybe this is trite me saying this but if that, I'd, I'd say that that is the case here that Mathis in his moment of death is trying to reach out with a message of love and forgiveness. So I, I make I, I make it acceptable. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think I think I'm being sold this. Not sorry, not sold. <laughs> I think the arguments <laughs> the arguments for this are very strong. They 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 change my opinion of it. I, I I quite like the angle. I think somebody's put it on this Twitter conversation that he, of course, is a very experienced double agent in his uh, country. I can't. Who does he work for again? I forgot there. Well, in the book. In the he book works for the yeah. uh, deuxième, and my pronunciation is terrible, uh, yeah. so it's the French Secret Service, but in the film yes. it is Murky who he works for. Yeah, deliberately so. It's, it's supposed to, you know, he's supposed to be one of the good guys, and then we're led to believe he's not, but actually he is. What's the, you know, who whose friend is Mathis, really? I, I do like that. I, I like the idea he's almost a father figure as a, an experienced secret agent passing the torch and he's like someone. Someone put, I think, maybe Mathis has had a similar experience with something. Maybe not a woman, but a situation where he just can't get over it and he can't move on from it. And he's seen that in Bond, and that once he sort of puts that to bed, puts the forgiveness to bed, his life will be better. Not only as a in his job, but in his, you know in his life in general. That all works brilliantly. I, my I'm, I'm, my only complaint with that is just, <laughs> well, <laughs> go on. It, it's not so tell my children I love them or anything like that it's why does it have to be about Bond because the whole film is about Bond that's why the, the, the cycle is about Bond I forget the name of the beautiful woman Gemma drinking <laughs> Gemma but it's not a very Italian name is it but... his woman back at his wonderful yeah. uh, cliffside mansion drinking his cheap wine yeah. Is it not a message, you know, does he not convey a message about her, like tell her I loved her or... What? That's for me, he doesn't, does it? No, he doesn't. It's all, it's it's about Bond, so... But, as you said, cinematically it makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> it is about, it's about Bond, we're conveying this message about Vesper, forgiveness, let her go. In the one positive, can't believe I'm saying this, in the one positive about oh, No Time to Die, at the beginning, Ooh. when he's there with the note of forgiveness... Is it for, I forgive it. What is it? What is written on the? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, on the note that he Look. burns. It's you know, is that it's that tie in? Yeah, you know, it makes 
narrative cinematic sense. Yes. I think what I'd say to that is this film does it very well where it's a background thread, isn't it? A story thread yeah. with his issues with Vesper. So he's getting those drinks, which is a very that's a good scene on the plane. I really like that scene. By the end of it, Oh, well, hang on, right. We'll go back to that later. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I haven't even got... Right. I'm going to make a note. So, yeah, make your notes now, Chris. By the end of the film, he's changed, hasn't he, in that he's not just assassinated Vesper's lover or whatever. He has sort of moved on and handed it over, and it's a positive ending. And the Algerian love knot is the final shot. Therefore, surely that is the end of him and moping about Vesper. It's only it only comes back around many many years later in No Time to Die, and he still hasn't forgiven her. Is, is that right? I'm trying to remember <laughs> if she lingers in Spectre, but does Madeline is she sort of worried that he hasn't forgiven? Her? Does she sort of bring that up? I can't remember now. I can't remember. Well, I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks. We'll find out. Won't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yes, I, I don't mind that being tied into No Time to Die. It's just a bit. There's there's more. There's loads more problems with that. And like, why is it there in Italy? Why is Blofeld waited all this time for him to get? Anyway, those those are other issues. Anyway, I still think that there's more to the Mathis death scene than than we're but, oh, being critical, right, really, because there is the whole: does he use him as a human shield or not? Right. Does he? Because <laughs> it's that weird thing of he pulls him out of the car. And he's alive, face them. but then he turns yeah. to the yeah. policeman, and they shoot him. But yeah, but they are—they're hoping to shoot him and Bot, aren't they? They're not—they're not like someone was saying he's trying to finish off Mathis. But I guess yeah. <laughs> it, or, or, are, they, are they trying to shoot both of them? In which case, they're nasty yeah, yeah. shots. But well, no, because they shoot—they shoot Mathis, but Bond is using him as a shield. Yeah, so that's why he doesn't die instantly. I'm not—I have no complaints with that because in your instincts. There's no point in them both dying, and he's already facing that way. He can't exactly, but he does chuck him onto them, doesn't he? He does. But when you when he puts him out of the car, does he real? Does he think this man is already dead? Yeah, well, that's already dying, or is he just been beaten up, or or what? I'm not sure. I could tell from just picking something out of the boot of a car. I'll make sure you have a dignified death. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll stay with you, and I'll just chuck you to you know. <clears throat> yeah, from such a short scene, there's so much to bring out of it, isn't there? David Arnold does really well. It's, it's great music, and he, as he's on the floor, it's it's it's. Um, Giannini is a great actor, and Craig does well here. I think he's a magnificent actor, and I, yeah, I. It's that weird thing of I really like this scene because it is a good death, but. I yeah. want more of the character. Yeah. So would you have kept him alive? I'd have but... kept him alive. I'd have, but I'd have had him running into Spectre and beyond. It would have been one of those things of he's one of those constants, yeah. as you said earlier, the fatherly figure. You know, a, a guiding light. You know, a little nudge here and there. But yeah, I, it's a shame that they killed him off. There's a death in every film, isn't there? In every Daniel Craig film, a huge character dies, and this is perhaps the least significant one because you've had Vesper. Then, of course, Mathis, then M, and then Spectre, I always think, who's the, is there maybe not one in Spectre? I think... Well, there's... The, the, if, we're there's the compa- if we're making this comparison, then, you know, it's it's like a repeat of the Roger Moore years. Yes, for, death, the, for Mathis. We have the yeah, death of yeah. the Contessa in Fiore's Eyes Only, then we have the death of BJ in oh. Octopussy, and then we have the death of René Aubergine in... Of you to kill and all of those <laughs> it. strike, yeah. they all strike so deep, deep within. Oh, there's loads of John Glenn's, yeah. <laughs> I think this is better because it's, it means more because he's been in two films, yes. But it's also like 
oh, did he need to die? Because he's good. He's good. Anyway, what do you think about the binning him and then mugging him? <laughs> I think he would have wanted it. What is it? Or he would have? I can't. He would, he would have. He would. He would have. Yeah. It's not. He would have wanted it that way. He would have. He would have understood. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Um, that's how he liked to go. Yeah. I get it. It makes look. It makes cinematic narrative sense. Yeah. It's not elegant. It's not kind to the character, but it works. Taking the money and mugging him like that is possibly <laughs> dumping his body in the dumpster. That's fine because you don't want to keep him what? his body in the car because yeah. you're going to go on a long drive. Taking the money and making it look like he was mugged, maybe not. That's sort of like is that why? I see. I didn't even realize that. I thought it was because he's had all his cards declined. M's sort of suspended him, so he needs. Yeah, so we need. Yeah, I thought that's what it was about. Is that not right? No, I'd, 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 I'd read it as the fact that he was taking the money, leaving the cards in the wallet, and tossing the wallet back into the dumpster because that would make it look like he was mugged by some street criminal, and they were just after the cash. Right. I mean, this it's quite complicated, you know, isn't it? That it's a think, passive audience. I think that is the phrase for the whole film. Right. Quite complicated, isn't it? Yes, and the first the first time I saw it at the cinema, I, I couldn't make head and a tail of it. When I saw it on DVD, couldn't make head and a tail of it. And then finally, as I've watched it these last few years, I'm I'm still not absolutely sure what it all means, but I am now getting better. The more I understand about the plot, the Green Planet, General Madrano, I I, I couldn't even remember he was in it the first time I saw it. Yeah, he's a he's a good character though, and I think there's a, there's a lot lot to be said that. You've got Camille's sort of relationship with him in the background, but it links with Green because of her existing relationship with her. And she's almost a character to sort of say, yeah, other people go through awful stuff too, Bond. You know, we can both help each other out now. It's unusual. I think I might have said this in my own review, which was, you know, immediately after I saw it, but it's almost different advice that Roger Moore gives in Four Eyes Only against revenge, because when they go to the, the hotel in the desert, he's pretty much... Telling you how to kill, you know, I'm not going to stop you. You need to do this. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. I think it's funny that you say about being confused. And certainly, when I watched it the first time, it was what is going on. I think there is more plot. There's more story. There's more dense story in the first 45 minutes of this film than there are in most big budget blockbusters that you get. Absolutely. And given the fact that this is a short film as well, this nips along. Yeah. To be able to take in that much information so swiftly is a real challenge for a cinematic audience. As you said, a passive cinematic audience. So you've got to be alert and attentive and be like, right, he's doing this to go there, to follow the money, to do this, to then meet that person who's got a report. Yeah. But actually, it's not a report. It's an assassination and he's got to kill her and she's just discovered it. And then there's a guy on a motorbike going to the dock and then that's going to happen. And then there's yeah. a guy in the background not sweeping the floor. What's going on? <laughs> what is going on? I'll tell you something that I noticed that I hadn't noticed before, and it's nothing to do with the big screen, really. There's a kind of Q character in one brief scene. There's a lot of technology, isn't there, with sort of minority report screens. And there's a sort of Q-type geek guy with glasses who introduces them to something. Can you remember that? Uh, very early on, he says, "Oh, this is, this is how we've traced the money from Rashifra yeah, yeah. to yeah. whomever." And then M goes in with, "Like, oh God, you could probably find a ten pound note with in my wallet with some of that on it." Yeah, yeah. 
It's all it's all good stuff that. And and Tanner comes in without any fanfare, and he so he's actually been in four of the the Craig films, hasn't he? More than anybody else. Apart from Judy Dench. He has, yes. It's that whip crack of information again. As you say, he comes in yeah. with no fanfare. It's a bang, bang, bang. Here's this, here's that. We've jumped in so quickly. We're talking about Mathis's scene and then uh, and then all of this. Yes, yes. To take a step back, I think the main problem with this film is the script. And it mm. leads all the way back to the writer's strike and the reason why they went into production so quickly without a script in place. The studio were demanding, we need a follow-up to Casino Royale really quickly because it was such a big hit. They were like, right, okay, we'll have a release date for the summer of... 08. 08, thank you. They just weren't ready. And then they were going straight headlong into a writer's strike. And the only people that were allowed to work on the script because the writers were on strike was the director and Daniel Craig. Yeah. And considering what they were working with and what we ended up with, I think they did a fantastic job to at least make a coherent film given the amount of plot that is in it. But it is a lot of plot. And as you say, they are banging through so much information where there should be gaps and there should be pauses for people to think or extra dialogue to let things settle, which is just missing because you don't, because it's not a writer writing the script. I don't mean to sound, I don't mean that to sound Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss awful but certainly i don't know how to write a bloody script i've written scripts in the past but it isn't and it's not good but yeah you know what i mean it's yeah you write the rest of it as well though you you know so you write the pauses you write how it fits into the next scene yeah and and i heard someone else was saying they just haven't done the shots either in time but i don't know whether that's true well that would make a lot of sense, but it would still the editing style and the director directorial style still sort of favour what we get. And my new looking at it is that I think it's quite a daring way to do it. So the initial scene in with the below the the, the horse stuff in Siena, it's an unusual choice to have them both going on at the same time, and it's not. It's more of a sort of I don't know Tony Scott type thing, I'd say. It's not. It's not quite a Bond thing, a way of editing. It's a bit different to what we've had. I quite like that as a as a cinematic viewer. I don't know whether it fits in with Bond's world as well. And again, the casual audience, this conversation that's going on between Mr. White and then the odd thing, <laughs> some shots of some horse feet and some people. <laughs> but I like. I, I like it. I just think it's. It needs more time to breathe. Just, so- just calm down. 
So I sort of separate this argument into two points. One is that the editing style is fast, frenetic, chaotic, but it is a constant throughout the film. You get these moments yeah. of action, which are bang, 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 bang. Yes, it's different to what we're used to, but it is a consistent throughout the film. It's an aesthetic choice that they've made. And I think actually it works. Yes, I'm coming yeah. from it from a, I've seen it several times, so I know roughly what's going on, but it is a thing and it works and they made a choice yeah. and they've gone with it. And that's to be commended. Second point to make with the horse race during pre-production went and filmed the horse race, knowing that they wanted it in the film, but not how it would fit in the film. Right, I get you. Yeah, because um, you could only film it on a certain day, couldn't you? Awesome. Yeah. So it's that weird thing of, I guess the, exa the, the other example, the only example that I can think of otherwise is in Moonraker when we we're in Rio and the carnival is going on. Yeah. You've got these shots of the carnival down the streets interspersed with Roger Moore sneaking down a side alley, Jaws chasing after, I forget her name, sorry. Oh, dear. What is her? Manuela. Manuela. There we go. Her being attacked. And it's that, you know, what is a sinister moment coupled with this great big scene, a public scene. That's what I'm trying to yes. come to yeah. with. You know, they filmed the horse race and then they've inserted this chase fight scene into it. And yeah. it doesn't quite gel. It doesn't quite work because it's too jarring and it's too it's too opposing it just it, it 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 doesn't work it doesn't work yeah i like what they're trying to do though because one i've said this before but one of my criticisms of say specter is that they're in rome but you wouldn't know it there's no interaction in skyfall they're in shanghai but you wouldn't know it there's no interaction with the people who live there or the culture that's going on at the time in specter when the, there's the car chase if there were shots of crap, they do it. In fact, they do it well in Mexico, don't they? You know, you feel like you're there. Yes. You, you're getting shots of the real thing. That works better because they've obviously planned it a, a heck of a lot better than this. And this doesn't quite work because they probably, they just filmed the bomb, didn't they? Emerging. And they knew they were going to have a chase that started yeah. in the horse event onto wherever. And they had to tie that in with, because wasn't there a deleted scene where Mr. White was shot, apparently? And as in, he was he was dead. Oh, really? From, from that, yeah. And it's only because they cut that that they could continue that onto Spectre. And this is again, I might be wrong. I think that's right. Oh, Christ! Because there's a line later on that no, I think Mr. White's still alive, and then he's never mentioned again. But like you say, Daniel Craig might have just put that line in just in case when they were filming, might they? We? we don't know. But I don't think on the you know the the documentary, the Daniel Craig story, being James Bond. Oh, his goodbye. Yeah. Yes. It was sort of very, you know, there's like a storyline for each one. So Casino Royale was, everyone said he was going to be terrible, but it was brilliant. Skyfall was like, it was that time when he, lear he learned he should love the series and he should love the fans and it was all brilliant. But then for Spectre, it was all about, oh, he got injured. I'm sorry it was bad. And Quantum was like, oh, it was the writer's strike. Sorry it was bad. And I'm like, no. There's, there's good stuff, just be, say good stuff about both of them. And I do think there's a good film that we got. That there would have been a better film if it was two hours, if it had time to breathe. Yeah. But because we give it a chance and we see it again and again, we, we can get enough joy from it, I think. Now, it's funny you should say that about if it was two hours, because the director specifically set out to make 
a short film. Ah, right, okay. He's, he'd actively stated, as much as he enjoyed Casino Royale, he thought it was too long and that it lingered too long with the card scenes and that it dragged out too much and he wanted something tighter. So they purposefully made a quick film. Whether that's worked, whether we've got a decent film from it, we've seen the debate go on for that, but... <laughs> but we also say we like the differences in the series. We don't want everyone to be the same. And we like the outliers. A lot of people, you could argue that it's sort of quantum, quantum is casino bonus content, isn't it? That's a bonus <laughs> DVD. But it, that would be unfair to it because it is... Casino L's editing and style are far more mainstream and storytelling done well. Whereas this is a different style we're seeing and there's a few more risks taken and they don't pay off. They don't all pay off. Well, I think that I think that is a statement for the whole of the Daniel Craig series. Yeah, yeah. They're taking risks with things. You know, everything yes. everything in every of his every one of his films is pushing the boundaries a little bit. It's what happens if we go here or we suggest this or even just the editing or the, the way it's made. It doesn't have to be a character-driven thing. It's a actual production thing. What, how does it end up? And I think that is more and more driven by Daniel Craig than by anyone else because certainly he has a lot more control over his films than I think we give him credit for. Yeah, he does. But whether he should is another... Another question. That that that's a debate. No, no so it is a bit different. I think the relationships work a bit different since he's gone. Yeah. Really dug us that podcast. Keep uh moving going. Keep the strong going. Y'all keep the strong going. I like the beginning. I, I like that. Yes, it's very, very quickly shot. But I, I just like that that wide pan zooming in in between the, the you know the Yep. It, it's a bit short for a pre-tile sequence. Not enough happens. It's just a chase. But what we get is very good. Is it, it's only about is it about four or five minutes? It's four or five minutes. I think it is absolutely magnificent. It completely good. picks up from the end of Casino Royale, which it didn't need to do. That was an ending in itself, and we didn't need to know what Bond does to Mister White. But in yeah, in this case. This is what happens. And obviously we don't really find out until the end of it because it's only when the car arrives in Siena and you open the boot and see Mr. White in there. Yes. It's like, all right, shit, he's in he's in the boot. Yeah. That's what the whole chase was about. It's fast, frenetic, but it's exhilarating with it, I think. I love how he goes into that sort of MI6 area, you know, the secret place yeah. in Siena. I, I love that. It's very Bond, very Batcave, obviously. It is. Very <laughs> it's, it's it's good. It's really really good. It, the whole the, the whole sequence. Yes, it's. I tried to count when I watched it the other night how many cuts there are in. That, oh no! Even just in the tu- <laughs> even just in the tunnel when he's got the truck next to him and then the door rips off. Yeah. And there was oh, I can't even remember. There's like sixty cuts within a minute and a half, and that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It's. It's so uh, fast. On the cinema again, I have to say it was exhilarating and it did work much better. I think you get you get a bit more of the shakiness. So, you know, my mum and dad can't stand anything shaky. They, we watched Blair Witch in America before it had come out, before everyone knew it wasn't real. But, you know, we thought, heck, this is a real thing. And we were like, wow, that's that was terrifying, mum and dad. Oh, we couldn't really 
enjoy it because of all the shaky camera and all that. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think they'd have appreciated this. But in the cinema, you do get the sound design and everything and the, the revving of the engines. And it's it's not a sort of John Glenn-directed chase scene where there's bits of comedy and loads to remember, but it's very, very... The shots still make sense. The geography of it just about makes sense. And you really feel like you could crash into a, tr- a truck coming the other way. You feel like you could go off the cliff, which, of course, one of the cars do does in a great shot. And I love, at the end of it, how it goes into the title song. Yes. You know you know very well that this song has a very special place in my heart. I think it is absolutely top tier on the oh. song. It is absolutely magnificent. And it just... just yeah, just those opening guitar riffs, the dirty... Thank you. <laughs> you know what? A very dear friend of mine, we have that as a... I don't know what it is. A playful thing between us. One of us does that, and the other one knows when to respond. So re- oh, if, you're watching, cool. if you're listening... <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. The song is almost reflective of the film. It's like gritty, in your face, and then sort of by the end of it, it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> it's not a mess. I'm, I'm, only joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. They've both grown on me so much, and I think it's a very Bond-sounding song. Yeah, it's the most Bond-sounding song we've had. Well, we ha- well we haven't. I don't think we've had one since that's as Bond as that. No, and certainly the lyrics are on point. I'm not going to quote them now, yeah. but they are really. It hits the nail on the head as far as Bond as a character and what he's up against. It's yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. It's terrific. And the title sequence itself, it isn't Daniel Kleiman, but I still think it, it it's good. I, I like it. Yeah. It works again with the sand and all that. The sand makes sense. It's mysterious. It's got all of the erotic, exotic... Yeah, yeah. In it. So it, it works. It's, it's good. It's good. It's the song that really carries it for me. We end up back in London, and there are these overly complicated graphics on this touch screen table which i watched the film the other day on my uh, blu-ray and those graphics work on the menu as well and i'm trying to figure out how to use the menu settings and i'm looking at the screen on the well on the film thinking my god whoever programmed this was a sadist because how on earth (laughs) learn how to use this thing it's crazy again i'm just thinking of this now it's quite effective that the ones in the office are all FA with all this amazing technology and this, and they can go on to anybody. And I quite like how M obviously susses out that why would the CIA instantly sort of dismiss this and Tanner falls for it. That contradicts the Bond is the guy who's actually having to get on with this. And he's just, he's not using any technology. <laughs> he's not using any gadgets. He's just punching people, chasing people and following his lead. So I think that works quite well. Well, you say that. He does have his trusty Sony Ericsson mobile phone. <laughs> the tracker. Which we yeah. see in many a uh, glorious, glamorous shot. Product placement is still uh, alive and kicking in uh, in these films. I can't, who was it? Who's, I think it was Noel who'd given his thoughts on Casino Rail and he, he, <laughs> he tore apart the train the famous train sequence on Casino Rail, which everybody seems to love. He's like, the product placement is so awkward with Rolex, no, it's an Omega. Three <laughs> <laughs> for the price of one. Available at all good retailers. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There's probably not as much shameless product placement in this, but there's more. There's another Ford, isn't there? The, there is another the car Ford. That- there's the small Ford that she picks him up in. Yeah. At the beginning, yeah. Camille, what do you think about her? Is, her, is she a Bond girl? 
or is she an ally really more of an ally you could say yeah she she's a strange one in that she sits outside of the idea of a bond girl she's certainly an ally because she is helping him get to green but she has her own agenda as well it's very confusing she is a very special almost unique character in the bond films she might have been more like melina if as people wanted bond didn't sleep with melina at the end there you go no i think that's a very strong take i think that's uh... I mean, with that of course the the mission starts because of her parents and you know bond is directly linked isn't he into it this is more it's not a chance because he's on the tail of green and that's the her, their connection i do like that though i like how they meet in the car and she bond is is good enough in terms of his detective skills to sort of pose as this guy coming from the hotel, take getting the briefcase and all that. I do, uh, yeah, it's grown on me all that. And I, I like he, these chases. Yeah, the dialogue, the banter that he gives her is very open in, I'm saying what yeah. you want, but I'm also opening it as a question for you to give me yeah. more information. Yeah, I could well imagine Bond being on training course in how to get information from someone where you don't know yeah. who you are, sort of. Yeah. You know, there's a, there is very much a school of thought in that. And it works well. I don't know why he kisses her like that at the end. Yeah, he kisses her and I forgot that. I always think it was the other way around, but it's very, very obvious that he sort of grabs her and kisses her. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It would have been better as a hug or as a holding hands and kissing a hand rather than something as aggressively affectionate as it is. Yeah. I don't know. Is it because she is it before she says the line, you know? Again, I'm not it's not very me any of this other characters talking about Bond's personality where they, they wouldn't really be bothered. Yeah, we've done that now. But she says something like, Oh, you know about that prison in you or is it something like that? Or I can't get it's a bit like you're not going to let me in, are you? The cold you know, heart. Yeah. Yeah. Did she melt your cold, cold heart? heart? It's all why are you talking anyway, but that maybe that prompts him that she sort of gets him in inverted commas, and that makes him think, oh, yeah. I, I, like, in that moment, that, that really spoke to him and he wanted to kiss her because of it. Maybe. I, I, but even so, it's, it's such an aggressive, aggressive it kiss, rather than... It's not an supposed to be Maud Adams, Roger Moore aggressive. Oh. <laughs> we are two of a kind. <laughs> are we? <laughs> Come on, that's it. can't be criticised. You can't. You can't criticise Roger. It's not. Uh, you know, who, who wouldn't melt in his arms? <laughs> oh my word! This isn't a particularly Roger film, is it? It's not. No, it's not. This is. But did you find a bit more humour this time than you were expecting, Chris? Maybe. <laughs> no. 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 I didn't. no. No, it was quite it was quite dry. It was quite dry on the humour front. It's a cold, cold, heartless film. It's not I'm trying to grasp for any sort of humour. No. At the very end when they're in the hotel, Elvis and Green are trying to escape. Elvis turns around with his gun. Green sort of holds the gun up, points it in the right direction, and then Green legs it. And Elvis gives a look of what? Being oh. abandoned? <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. That's the only sort of humorous point that I saw. He's a bit of a comedy character, Elvis, isn't he? What What do you make of him? Because it, it, there's a bit more to him than just he's just a joke. I wonder what the background is between them. I, I like to, I'd be fascinated to know. Yeah, it, <laughs> he, it's weird. He just comes across as one of those henchmen, but it's, it's weird in that he doesn't have a defining trait. No. Jaws has the teeth. Odd Job has the hat. It's... 
What is his... <laughs> Elvis has the toupee. Elvis has the toupee. Oh, well, and then the neck brace. He has... The neck brace, yeah. What, you know, what's his... But he just gets... Does he just get blown up at the end in the fire? Or he... I imagine so, because I don't see him getting shot. So I don't see him getting axed. Oh. So... It's not clear, though, is it, really? There's no, there's no end fight or anything like that. Not that anyone would back him in a fight with Bob. <laughs> not really, no. It's, it's very, very strange. Very strange. What an unusual character. What a weird choice in this film of all films. Yeah. I'm absolutely loving it. You promised that you let you go? I answered your questions. I told you what you wanted to know about Quantum. Yes, you did. And your friends would know that, so they're probably looking for you. But the good news is, you're in the middle of a desert. Here. I bet you make it 20 miles before you consider drinking that. Goodbye, Mr. Green. One of the big scenes, the opera scene. Ah, yes, yes. Because it's built up as such a such a moment within the film. Parts of it really, really work, and parts of it are an absolute god awful car crash. What's your What's your take on it? Because I've got I'm so confused by it. I, I've got such mixed emotions about it. It what What do you, what, What's your I think this kind of bit, this kind of part of Bond films really appeals to me, particularly now as I'm I'm visiting some of these amazing places, and I love the location, I love the aesthetic, I love everyone's in a dinner jacket. It's not an obvious location that Bond might go to. It clearly takes a lot from like Hannibal. Uh, I don't know why anyone hasn't really mentioned that, but you've got the opera where somebody's killing somebody at the same time as there's second level dialogue similar that Bond is, is saying on the... Sorry, well, in fact, no, when the, it breaks into the fight scene in slow motion, it's the same time as the killing, isn't it, in, in the thing? Whereas Hannibal is on stage then is the whole... The wife is... Uh, the, the lover are talking about killing each other, and the dialogue is, I'm giving very serious thought to eating a wife. And I love and I love that. Obviously, I love Hannibal. I love that film so much. And the, and the obviously, the, the Mathis link. But anyway, in terms of this scene, it... It starts off well. I like how Bond gets into the, the outfit. I think that's good. I like how he breaks off the, the door handles. That's very Bond. It's good cinematically how he goes onto the stage to look at them. I like that. He knows they're out there in the audience, and the only way that yeah. he can get them to identify themselves is to alert them to the fact that they're rumbled. This meeting yeah. has been blown, and those people that then stand up to leave, he photographs yeah. with his... Because it's Tony Erickson mobile phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. With a camera resolution that I don't believe they had at the time, and then can identify them. Is that all right? It, it, work, that it works. No, it works narratively, and it really, obviously, then gives the best line of the film possibly to Mister White. Yeah, Oscar's not for everyone. But then also in that moment, it opens up a plot point that could be terrific, and then just throws it away because one of the people that gets up is personal advisor to the prime minister right? yes. okay how high does this quantum organization go yeah. bloody hell and that to incriminate the prime minister yeah and then that point is just tossed aside and well, we get a little bit don't we i'd forget i'd completely forgotten that scene where m meets i assume is it the defense minister or the yes and that's we, we get that and that works well but i agree this could have been and i know guy haynes the character was meant to be in it more and there were deleted scenes maybe off 
scenes that were never filmed. But you're absolutely right. There's some really good ideas in here. And if there'd been another film directly after, well, a, a 2010 film, yeah. where there was no writer's strike, they could have explored some of these angles. Who knows, there could have been another baddie or we could have had Mr. White, just Mr. White, I don't know. Well, I think, as you've said earlier, if we'd have had a two-hour film, it would have been more yeah, developed and there would have been these avenues investigated and just had a bit more time to breathe and, hell, it could have been a, a lot more, I say, interesting. It's interesting enough as it is, this whole, you know, we haven't even touched on the main plot of water as a commodity that wants yeah. to be trying to corner the market on yeah just how this power structure of quantum works how big did how big is it how far up does it go and it's just kind of really? aside again possibly because <laughs> the director and daniel craig are not writers and they were the ones yeah. putting this thing together in the end they couldn't have possibly been allowed to sort of be part of the decision where are we going next because you don't bond films weren't made like that deliberately were they they're reactive as much as they are planning ahead aren't they in terms of the plots and everything. Well, as we've certainly seen in the later Daniel Craig film, yeah. it's, all, <laughs> it's all looking behind. It's not looking forward. It's how can we retroactively put this together, not... At first, like I said, when I first saw it, I was completely confused and I thought, what a mess. I don't want to watch that again. The more I've liked it, the more I've enjoyed it. And now I think there's an absolutely brilliant film in here somewhere. Yeah. There really is. And it's, it's frustrating, but I'm at peace with the film we've got and I really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it the last three times I've seen it, mainly because of that, that, oh, this is rubbish, but I've not seen it for 10 years. I might as well watch it. It's like having a new Bond film. And then, oh, no, there's a lot in here which I like. And then I'm, I'm a quantum defender, and then I'm, heck, what's happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, do don't I, watch Never Say Never Again. <laughs> well, growing up, you don't appreciate it's not an official Bond film, in inverted commas, do you, until you're a bit older. It does seem a bit cheap and nasty in some, in some respects, but... But I, I enjoy that that's film. That's a loaded butt. <laughs> yeah, Quantum of Solace. Oh, gosh. I, I daren't say it's my favourite Craig. It's the one that annoys me the least, I think. Oh, that's... I but I don't know whether that's true because there's the Mathis stuff that annoys me. I think you've won the argument with that. I think you've, you're right. And I, and I can watch it now and it works. The Mathis scene is not as horribly put together as you think it is. It's it's one of the more cohesive moments in an otherwise uncohesive <laughs> film. It's just the attitude of Bond that it is it's it fits in with his character and it fits in with the, the character art. It's just not the Bond I particularly want to see. And that can't change unfortunately. But they've done it. It's a different take on him. Some will say it's the most Fleming or whatever. I still go back to it's now 60 years since the films have been out. The film, the books were 10 years, were they? We've not outgrown the Fleming. The cinematic world of Bond is far bigger than the original books, even. It's a, it's a force of its own. And people will don't won't like me saying that, but... Well, no, I think, certainly from my own literary roots in yeah. the Bond franchise universe, the Bond of the books is very different to the Bond of the films. We know that. And... The yeah. Bond of the Craig films is very different to the Bond of the books. Even though we never get a Bond becoming a double O, it's still, this is too jarring a Bond interpretation to connect to Fleming's written Bond. Certainly early on in the film where he's in the hotel and there's that very frantic, again, frantic knife fight. He stabs the guy in the neck and then he stabs him again in the leg just to make sure that an artery is cut so he'll bleed out. And I can't 
imagine the bond of the books doing something like that yeah that is too gratuitous a kill that's too bloodthirsty that's interesting i'm not saying that one's better than the other i'm just saying that the films are such a creative force of themselves the the formula of a bond film is different to the formula of a bond book yep a good bond film isn't necessarily the most the one that's most faithful to the books and, and obviously we've moved on in terms of time and like you said casino real they had to change some of it because it just wouldn't have worked cinematically a lot of people don't realize that so you know in terms of characters you, you create a composite character don't you where the book has time and you can have many many different characters but if you've only got two hours, you sometimes have to merge a couple of characters into one, which, particularly when it's like a you know a historical epic or something, people get really offended that they do that. And the screenwriters just say, "Well, you just it just won't work. The audience wouldn't understand. There's too many characters for the story to make sense. We have to do it." Is it more Bourne than Fleming? It's. But even Bourne is he that is he that effective a killer? I don't know. I'd say that the bond of Quantum is not. A Fleming Bond, it's a, as the film was made, sequel to Casino Royale. He's still hurting. He's still trying to find peace. He's still trying to find maybe that little bit of revenge. And as Fleming wrote in the short story, he's trying to find that quantum of solace. Oh, well done. Round of applause. Oh, does he find it? No, because we've still got it. <laughs> he's still got to go to bloody Italy in no time to die yeah. and forgive Vesper in person. So that's a few years away yet. So no, he doesn't really. But he does. I think I've just unargumented my own endpoint. <laughs> yes. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> that's what this film does. I think there's there's more questions than answers. If you're somebody like me and and you chris who like talking about bond that's quite good it is it, yeah it's a puzzle inside a riddle inside an enigma <laughs> but is it any good well <laughs> yes but no but maybe i mean there's still so many other points that we've still got to talk about i mean general madrano the yeah. whole end scene in the hotel that's exploding yeah it's visceral and exciting and visual and yet why are they just in the middle of a desert in this hotel? It's, <laughs> oh, here's a location. This looks great. Let's film here. Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. There's somewhere to do with where the water is, and I, I need somewhere to sign a document. That's all it is, isn't it? Yeah. So I'll just go in a hotel or something. I've got a suite if I want to abuse the, the staff there as well. Oh, yes, the, the knicker flashing. Yeah, that's... It's a pretty grimy, horrible... I mean, what a horrible part for Una Chaplin, do you? I mean, it's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> you get to serve this lovely beer, and then you know, that's about as good as it yeah, gets. and then you get manhandled by the general. Yeah. <laughs> Awful. And she, of course, doesn't... Do we know what happens to her? Does she get... Does she escape? Or? I assume sh- she dies in one of the explosions. She, you know... Oh, great. Hey, hey. That's dreadful, isn't yeah. it? She's uh, she's not long for this world. That whole sequence, I assume everyone in the hotel at the beginning dies, except for Bond, Camille, and Green, because they're the only ones that we see at the I, end. I just assume it's not open yet, or it, it's only those people who are there. Booked it out, or it's, it's there's a grand opening. Yeah, it's a very weird, unexplained location. 
again, confusing, like so much of the film is. Yeah, there's no motorway to it, is there? Because <laughs> I, 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 I think it's like it's part of the underdeveloped thing where they're getting all this ready to get the water. They've built this hotel. I, I, again, I'm I'm doing what people do in the math scene, and you're filling my in mind gaps. Is racing. I'm filling in the gap, but that's what we like if we want the audience thinking. Well, Maybe not in a Bond film. No, you know, a Bond film is supposed to be entertainment and escapism. It's that thing of, yeah, I really like this film. It made me think. Yeah. Do I want to? Do I want to really think in a Bond film? Is well, what? Bring back the what do you think car. about? Yeah, yeah, bring the yeah. Bring back I space laser. Bring back the. <laughs> Only two films ago, we were saying, "Oh, this is such rubbish." How overly stupid they've become with invisible cars and space lasers yeah. and all the rest of it and now we've gone ultra gritty and we're like oh god we don't like this bring it bring it all back <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. where's it all gone but that was the attitude at the time wasn't it that was the audience the general audience reaction yes was oh you've undone all the good work of casino with this mess here that's half made and doesn't make any sense and didn't really give you that punch the air feeling at all but with hindsight, like we say, down of the day, we've learned to appreciate some of it. And with Quantum, I've I've learned to appreciate a lot of it. And when you know what you're getting going in at the cinema, I did really I did really enjoy it. I don't know why, I don't know how I can explain that mathematically or scientifically, but there was something in it that I think the epilogue worked quite well. What what do you think about that? I think that is one of the most clean, cohesive parts of the film that He's there, and you see part of this sort of spy subterfuge going on with the boyfriend and a new character that he's trying yeah. to seduce and turn. And Bond intervenes with the necklace, and she's wearing the necklace as well. Yeah. And she gets up to leave. And I think one of the most delicate, honest moments in the film, as she's walking out the door, just under her breath, she says, thank you. Yes, she does. And yeah. just leave. And it's that sort of, it's those sort of moments where Bond is being a hero and a force for good. Yes. Like a clean force for good that we want, that I think the audience wants. And that made me really, okay, this is him developing into the Bond that we know. I think there's a gray area. What does he do to him? I don't think he just leaves. Ah, right. I don't think he just leaves him and walks away. Because when he comes out the door, M asks, is he alive? And he says, yes. He might be alive. I don't know what condition he's in. <laughs> he might be Mathis alive. You quite, yeah. <laughs> After he's been shot and shooked on the floor. Yeah, you might want to go and talk to him quickly. I don't know how much longer he's left. <laughs> but he is right now alive. <laughs> well, I hadn't thought about that. But I do like the idea that with Vesper, she couldn't be saved. And that he realises... Again, I'm all just thinking about this now. When he sees them both in that room... He realizes this. The, this is the situation Vesper was in. She herself, by saying thanks, knows there's something not right in this relationship. Because otherwise, you 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 wouldn't accept at that stage, even though he's told, you know, he's told her who he really is or whatever. Yeah. He couldn't save Vesper from that, but he's able to move on by saving somebody else from that life. So that works quite well. Yeah, there's there's closure in that certainly. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, when when he's talking with M as well at the end. Yeah. I never left. That sort of positive. You still know that his allegiance lies with MI6. That he is loyal to him. until despite until females the CIA. <laughs> Do you like the the gun barrel at the end via the quantum logo? Yes, 
Yep. I like it. I like how the gun barrel fits in. I just don't get why they moved it to the end, especially when they reestablished it at the beginning of Casino Royale. Yeah. I kind of, I get why they didn't have the gun barrel and then the black and white sequence. They had the black and white sequence, then yeah. they had the gun barrel, then the titles, and then it's like, oh, okay, that's we're hitting the reset button. That makes sense. Here we go. But with this, it was what? Why? Because that ending isn't very Bond, is it? I mean, it's not. It's not, it's not a very Bond image. Sort of that makes you think, oh yeah, yeah, James. Go on. I like it. I like the ending. But it's... Christmas only comes <laughs> twice a year. Go <laughs> on. <laughs> no, three times a year. Go on. <laughs> yeah, it's that whole playing with the formula and the reset that we're going through. It's. A bit naughty. It, mm. <laughs> dangerous. Taking liberties. It's dangerous playing with yeah. it like that, I think. The tune at the end is very... It's not the name is Bond, James Bond, is it? Because it never gets mentioned, this this end credits music. No, no, it doesn't. I hate to say it's almost forgettable, but I'm trying to actually remember what it sounds like, and it's... Well, it sounds like the name is Bond, James Bond. That's yeah, point. it's... But, but then I think it stops, and then there's like a... More of the Bolivian music, which I do think is good in the film. It's a good score. It's a very good and score. It, it's forgotten a lot because there's no accompanying song, is there? I, I think near the beginning I heard a few beats maybe of the title song. Again, I've never heard that before and I, I'd want to sort of investigate again to know whether that's just me thinking it. Is this, is this a case, I've not listened to the score in a very long time, is this a case of Thunderball in that the score for the film is based around one theme and then the theme song is a completely separate because with Thunderball it was uh, yeah, Mr. Biscuit spoke Thank back. you. And then they asked Tom Jones to do Thunderball as a separate song, so they they are disconnected. Think, yeah. So with this, we've got Another Way to Die as the theme song, but the score is based yeah. around a different sort of movement in itself. Yeah, they, they are separate. To give Thunderball a bit more credit, there there is a bit of an instrumental of Thunderball, the song. So there's. <laughs> Okay, there is occasionally that, and I know that. Well, Barry's so talented; he had he's got all these melodies playing around that it was only because of that ability that he could last minute right. Let's write a song around this somehow now, and and it's actually one of the best in my opinion. But anyway, that's another story. Both of them are, but yeah, I, th I think it's a good score, Quantum of Solace, and it's one that I've never really. It's the only one I haven't had on CD. I can't even can't find it for less than like fifty quid now. So on CD. Yeah, I have to have them all on CD, Chris. Because I'd been buying them all as a kid. <laughs> eventually, one, including the A View to a Kill one, was a Japanese import. Oh. You know, this is this is months of pocket money saved up, Chris. This is Blimey, there isn't. So I have to get them on CD, and I've I've got no time to die on CD. It's just this one I'm missing. It's the only one. Is it out there? Is it available? Only secondhand, I think. And I know that some of them have been. Was someone saying that Someone Ever Dies has been discontinued now? The actual CD. But, oh dear. Because there is that, there's that window where everything went onto CD and you didn't get the vinyl pressing. And yeah. I long for some of the Pierce Brosnans on vinyl. Yeah, I don't know whether they exist. Would you? I've never heard. I've never seen anyone put on Twitter a picture. Hey, look, this is the world well, is that enough on vinyl? I've no, it's, it's, Here's Goldeneye on vinyl. Was yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of scratching the disc on that one. Ladies I still think it sounds like the the little bits of music, incidental music in Seinfeld, like. <laughs> 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 
Do UK audiences watch Seinfeld? Probably not. But certainly the American audiences do. I think there are enough of them out there. Don't worry. It's niche as it is, Chris. I think overall it is a better film than we give it credit. I think this falls with Die Another Day into the actually separate the community chatter, the online chatter of, oh, it's terrible. And actually just sit down and watch it and appreciate it as a film as it is, as it's supposed to be. This is supposed to be part two to Casino Royale. And if you watch it back to back, the two of them, then it works. If you come to this on its own, you're going to be lost. (laughs) You're going to be absolutely lost. Come to it straight off the back of Casino Royale. It's still a hot mess. There are some parts of it that you still cannot really come to terms with. But generally, it's a lot better than you think it's going to be. That's fair. I think if you were watching it raw, there's a just a, just about enough. That, so, you know, there's a there's chases, there's fights, and those are well done. They are well done, I think. Especially the, the chase where they, they're both falling, trying to grab the gun. Oh. I think that's done really well. The music's done very well with that. It's magnificent. So you can watch those. I'm glad you picked that up. That's, that is a point that I'd forgotten to say, because that chase, even though the horse race doesn't quite fit in, them chasing each other is terrific. And as soon as you get into the scaffolding and the kind of up and down and the ropes and then the fumbling through the broken glass to reach the gun and that shot... Yeah, the bloodshot eyes. I would would argue that that shot where Bond scoops up the gun and then it's him pointing it back up the rope to shoot the man. Yeah. I'd say that that is one of the best shots in the film, possibly one of the best shots in Daniel Craig's tenure. It's a really solid Bondian bang, and it works in the whole sequence and on its own. I think it looks brilliant. And if we did have a two-hour quantum, that could have been the moment it goes into the titles. That, well, that would have been an excellent cue into the gun barrel into, exactly, yeah. as you say, the titles. I would have been very happy with an extended pre-title sequence where you have the car chase and then the foot chase. Yeah. you know, we've had- It'd still be about 15 minutes. It wouldn't be ridiculously long, but if it's a two-hour film, it, it makes it more palatable. Certainly. How long was the pre-title sequence in The World Is Not Enough? I think it was about, 20, yeah, 20 minutes? 15, 20 minutes? Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, it wasn't. It's not unheard of. It's only... It's, yeah, that was clearly two scenes. Right, we'll do it there instead of there, wasn't it? Yeah. But we get what we get, and I think that works too. But just no time to die, which is like it's it's <laughs> the only it's reason it's pre-title. It's really yeah. <laughs> it's not a pre-title sequence if you have about five different scenes in oh. different time and everything, is it? Really, it's not just it just means where have you put the titles? It's not we're nearing that, but in terms of quantum, where where dare I ask where it would go in your rankings? Has it gone up? Has it gone down? Has it moved? So in my original rankings a few years ago, it was way, way down. Uh, in the yeah. second ranking that I did a year or so ago, it had lifted, but not by much. And now as I'm reflecting upon it, I'd say it's gone up a little bit more. It sits with Die Another Day in that it is a, <laughs> a flawed masterpiece. <laughs> I was just about to say, you can't say that, Chris, yeah. Maybe that's it. No, flawed masterpiece is overrating it. I think a bit. It is yeah. a great, a, a graceful failure. Hmm. That's very fair. It's a bad wedding. 
<laughs> yes, to get the analogy. To get my analogy of a couple of uh, couple of episodes ago, it's a bad wedding, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. <laughs> is he still alive? He is. I'm surprised. Did you find what you were looking for? Yes. Good. I assume you have no regrets. I don't. What about you? Of course not. That would be unprofessional. They found Green dead in the middle of the Bolivian desert of all places. Two bullets in the back of his skull. They found motor oil in his stomach. Does that mean anything to you? Wish I could help. You'll be glad to know I straightened things out with the Americans. Your friend Lighter's been promoted. He replaced Bean. Well, then the right people kept their jobs. Something like that. Congratulations, you were right. About what? About Vespa. Ma'am. Bond? I need you back. I never left. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.